So, um, okay, you decided you're going to be evil twin. I was going to ask you which one do you want to be evil twin and which one do you be good twin, but sorry, Rachel, you got evil twin. So, um, we're going to have a little um, battle. Anyone ever seen a battle? Anyone seen, no, no, you've seen a battle. Where have you seen a battle? Okay, anyone seen the battle in the movie? Okay, we've got no special effects today. All the pain, all the blood, all the gore. It's going to be real. Okay. There we go. So, um, these two... I just need to open my iPad. Does this twist? Oh, oh, oh. Doesn't twist. I just have to squat. Okay, that's all good. I can be low. So, um, don't. I'm going to... I think I'm just going to be... Yeah, that didn't work. We'll just go over here. So we are going to have a live battle this evening with these two fine young um, twins, I was going to say. I'm not going with cannibals tonight. So um, I'd like you two to have, you can have a little battle. I would like you not to hurt each other seriously. I have said not, okay? You may have a short careful battle that does not damage the church or each other in any major or, or me actually let me just put that one in there okay go you can better them if you want don't reveal your pants or your bottom okay have you got him for three one Two, you've won. Up you get. Good one that round. Okay, and you can go again. Okay, evil's just clinging on for a little cuddle. <laughs> okay, this is looking quite special. Please don't video this and put it on YouTube. That they are definitely taking this seriously. <laughs> Joshua has just turned into a slug, if you can't see. <laughs> now he's just slapping him on the back of the head. Okay, let go now. Round two. Slug, you've got to get up. He can't see in his cardigan. Okay. Evil twin says he had him right where he wanted him. Okay, go. Oh, twin worry. On one leg? What, what? Are there new rules I don't know about? Oh, okay. Okay, you no stomach now. Good one that round. Excellent. Okay, last round. No. Well, I hope so, but we'll see what happens. Go. Oh, is that it? Fabulous. Okay, so you have that one. And you can have that one. And you can stand looking beautiful for a moment while you get your breath back. So, Christ's nature. Luke is now new in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. Hallelujah. Thanks, Noah. I'll just turn that microphone off. Okay. <sighs> Thank you for not killing each other. As children of God, okay, when we are made clean and made new, um, we have two natures battling inside us, like you've just seen here. We have the good, 
We have Jesus and we have our sinful nature, a.k.a. Josh. Not that you all have Josh inside you. That's not what I'm saying. Inside each of us is the sinful nature, okay? And it fights against our new nature of Christ, okay? Our sinful nature, that's the part of us that wants us to go our own way, wants us to just do our own thing and not listen to God. But our new nature, which was brought by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, that wants us to follow God's way, wants us to please God and wants us to obey God. These two natures are at war with each other. You may not have noticed this war going on, but if you think about it, all those times we thought, do you know what, I'm going to read my Bible now. How many other things become more appealing? How many other things suddenly distract you? And you think, I'm just going to put my worship music on, but then there's a TV program you want to watch, or something distracts you. Okay, that, that is evil nature. That's our sinful nature. It wants to draw us away from spending any time with God. Things distract us. And not only that, but it feels like something within you is trying to stop you sometimes. Now, there are a number of ways for our new nature in Christ to win the battle. And I want to mention them to you. I want you to think about yourself as being a new child of God, God working in you. The first way is believe that there is a truth of who you are. You're a child of God with the Holy Spirit in you. So I need you to imagine now across Luke's beautiful forehead. It says, I am a child of God. God, it says, he's written your name in the palm of his hand. He's already ordained you. He's got a plan for you. You are his child. He's, he's, he's written it across your forehead in, in Sharpie. Okay. So you need to believe that truth, that your real life is in a relationship now with Jesus. You need to be loving him and serving him and not doing what you want when you want it. And the second way for your new nature in Christ is to win the battle is about feeding that nature and starving the sinful nature. This is the bit that got Josh really excited. So, if we imagine our lives a bit like a meal, but there's only room for one seat at the table. He's so hungry, he's eating his cardboard. Have a seat, Josh. So, brought you some dinner. Are you not sweets for Lent? Seriously? Okay, you have to pretend to eat this plate of beautiful sweets. I really didn't know that. I really didn't. That's really cruel. I'm sorry. You okay? He can smell them. So imagine Josh is eating away and we're feeding that sinful nature. We're feeding that sinful nature. Um, lust, we're feeding it greed, we're feeding it not cardboard, we're feeding it um, unkind words, we're feeding it greed, we're feeding it um, pride, okay, we're feeding it jealousy and gossip, we're feeding it unkind words, we're feeding it hate and unforgiveness, anger and jealousy, we're feeding it selfishness, okay, that's enough, stop eating, shift, shift, he actually eating cardboard. But if we want to choose to feed our nature in Christ, our new nature, you can stuff your face. Or have you given up sweets for Lent? Um, I'm, I'm very ill, so I can't Okay, well, you can pretend to eat them too. Oh, no, well, there is some I can bring home. So you can eat cardboard. <laughs> you're not helping my illustration here. They're a great big bowl of yumminess and you're not eating it. Okay, you help me now. How can we feed our nature? How can we feed this goodness that God's given us? Noah, what can we do? 
Something sensible. By reading the Bible. By reading the Bible. Thank goodness. Okay. By reading the Bible, we can feed our new nature in Christ, being a child of God. We can feed it by listening to our worship music. We can feed it by praying. We can feed it by spending time with God. We can feed it by reading God's word. There's only one seat at the table. Okay, there's only one of these that you can feed. You can feed Christ in you. You can feed your, that nature that he's given you. And you can starve your sinful nature. Or you can give in to temptation. You can give in to um, gossip and unkind words, hate and unforgiveness. You can fill that up. But it means you're going to be starving your nature from Christ. So we need to feed that nature of Christ with worship, with Bible reading, with prayer, with encouraging words and serving other people, with love and forgiveness, with patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Thank you guys for eating your cardboard. Okay, the more you feed one rather than the other, I'll just check they're real. A glove. Yeah, they're real, they're good. The more you feed that nature... The smaller the other one will go. If you think of it and you starve something, it slowly shrinks. And there's a couple of Bible verses I want us to look at. This morning I spoke about, it's really not good trying to eat a jelly bean and speak. And this morning I thought about and spoke on James 2. This is really bad. Don't do that, William. Thinking about James 2. And about when God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus is alive in your heart, when that is so set inside us, whether we're on day one of our journey or day 50,000. I don't know how old you are if you've got 50,000 days. You can work it out, Tom. doesn't matter where you are. If that love of Jesus, don't get your phone out, is, is going inside you, then you want to do good deeds. You want that spirit of Jesus to be living inside you and motivating you to do those good deeds. We need to starve ourselves of doing those things that are not of God. Melody, can you flash up Colossians 3, 1 to 5, please? Just a, a, some Bible verses just to ponder on, just to have a think about. Colossians 3, 1 to 5 says this. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. We've been raised by Christ. We've been set free. We've got all of this amazing adventure and excitement ahead of us. We need to make sure we don't give in to our sinful nature. And we will. We will all mess up. But it's about how quickly we recognise it and get back on track. Romans 6, 11 to 14 says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. 
All of us have got something that easily entangles us. And it'll be different across this room if we're all really brave and really honest and shared the thing that entangles us the most. It'd be a whole range of things. But we all know what it is. Are we willing to say to God, have it, and keep coming back to the cross and keep putting it at the foot of his cross, going, Lord, I don't want to get trapped by this again. Would you please help me? We're in the middle of, well, the start of Lent. A perfect time to be really reflecting, really looking in. How strong is that fire burning inside you? How deep is it set in your heart? Do you need to do a bit of self-reflection? Romans 7, 19 to 25. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This, This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. I looked at that one and thought, okay, Yep, I get that. I'm caught up in stuff. And I decided to have a look at it in the message. You won't have this one, Melody. This is how it sounds in the message. But I need something more. For if I know the law but but I still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realise that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, decisions such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Part of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions, where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. I know that we all have the desire to serve God wholeheartedly, 100% every day. And yet sometimes we keep the message quiet. Or we get caught up with something else and we don't, we don't do the right thing. But we need to keep coming back to that Bible verse of 2 Corinthians 5.17. I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And every time we mess up, we can turn around and we can actually say, yep, I've done it. But due to the grace of Jesus, we get forgiven and we can go for it again. Ephesians 2, 3 to 10. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature 
deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do in advance. He is all we need. Whatever the temptation, whatever the trappings that keep catching us, we have that fire of God in our hearts. We have the actions that we know we should be doing. We have the path that God has is, is laid before us, yet we trip up. Let's just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's remember what Jesus is already doing and working in each of us. Let us not despair when we start thinking, why, why, why am I doing this again? And giving up. Let's keep our eyes fixed ahead. So I say, live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. It's so easy to get sucked in, and you don't even realise you're doing it until sometimes halfway through. Jesus has got everything we need. The flesh does not win. The spirit is amongst us. And he's in each of us. The flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. It's always in conflict. Let Jesus win. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. The final verse I want to share. In the NIV it sounds like this. Whoever sows to please their flesh from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Took me a while to get my head around it. The message says it brilliantly. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life of eternal life. In the leadership meeting back at the beginning of the year, each time we meet, we do, we do the quick wins and we go around and we all say something that's really encouraged us about church over the previous couple of weeks. And uh, we were talking about growth and growth in numbers and how exciting that is and how encouraging that is seeing new people coming in and how amazing it is to have them part of the family and, and feeling that family grow. Then we're also talking about the growth in hearts, seeing the growth in the depth of worship, seeing the growth in the depth of people studying the word and and sharing encouragement, seeing the depth in friendships grow. And that's all through Jesus. That's all through the love he's giving us and he's sending through us. It's really quite obvious at the moment when the enemy comes to attack because he doesn't like what we're doing. He doesn't like this unity that is growing. He doesn't like seeing young people spending time together. He doesn't like seeing young and old sharing encouragement. He doesn't like seeing us um, going so deep in worship. 
So be prepared that you are going to get tripped up time and time and time again because you are dangerous. You're dangerous to the work of the enemy because he doesn't want this place to keep growing. 2 Corinthians 5.17, my favourite all-time verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. I just want to leave you with that tonight. Really short, think about... um, the good twin and the evil twin. I'm sure that's not totally true all the time. Maybe, maybe not. But the point is, are we ready to let go of our sinful nature? Are we ready to say, Lord, I want your spirit to be the dominant one inside me. I want you to have control over my thoughts, over my actions. I need your support. That's where we're going to leave it tonight. Yeah, so we are going to have a time of prayer. Um, I have touched all the sweets in this box, but if anyone wants one at the end, you're more than welcome if you haven't given it up for Lent. Let's just all stand together now. Because one thing that um, has just blown me away over the last few weeks has just been praying and being unified together. So if all of us can just stand together. And let's just reflect. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up and say what, what is tripping you up at the moment. I'm not going to ask you... Um, to to come to the front and share it. But I do utterly believe that when we share with somebody that we trust something that is causing us to trip and we become accountable for trying not to trip up on that again and we have that person running alongside us praying for us that the devil no longer can twist the knife because you've, you've spoken it out. He doesn't have the power of secrecy over you. So if you're, trust, you're struggling, for example, with gossip at work or at school or something, and you say to somebody humbly, I'm struggling with gossip. The devil can't prod and poke at you going, see, you're still doing it. Nobody's going to like you if they know you're doing that. You can't be used at church if they know you struggle with that. That's not true. Don't let the devil have the power of secrecy over you. So if there's something you're willing to share with a trusted friend this evening, I challenge you to do it. I'm going to pray for all of us. And then, are we having time of worship? At a quieter point in that time of worship, I'd ask you to go and get together with somebody. And if you're brave enough, say to them, I'm struggling with this. Let them pray for you. And then stay accountable to them this week. This morning, we, we took photos of paparazzi and we shared a prayer request. And we've got to challenge ourselves to stay true to that person this week and pray for them. But we also need to pray for each other's struggles as well as um, things that are coming up. So I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly, Heavenly Father, I thank you that the love you have for everyone here is overwhelming. It's perfect. It's true. It's pure. And you know us. You know the things we struggle with today. You know the things that trip us up. And Lord God, you're desperate for us to not keep doing that, to let your Holy Spirit live deep within us. So Father, would you show us, would you show us what we need to bring to the foot of your cross tonight? Would you show us what those stumbling blocks are, Lord God, if we haven't spotted them yet? And then Father, would you give us the courage to speak those out? 
Would you give us the courage so that the devil can't twist the knife of secrecy, of we're not worthy. I thank you, Lord God, that right now in the name of Jesus, I break that lie that we can't serve you because every person in this room has got a role to play in your kingdom. I thank you, Father, that there's no secret held in this room that would stop us being loved by you. Lord God, would you come and speak truth over your church tonight? Lord Jesus, come and set hearts free tonight. Would you set hearts free, Jesus?